Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Put those earbuds in, turn up the volume, because it's the time for another edition of Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, double take what's called. Until then, Daryl, I fell. Maybe I should ask that. Right, I'm recovering, so I'm hanging in there. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You recover from what is called a, a sickness. Yeah. Um, like, uh, totally new to this. So, um, yes, you are. You are brand new to this. If somebody experienced trying to talk him through it, ain't helping worth a damn. You know what I because I'm stubborn just like this fool. Yep, he is Daryl Watts the Stubborn. And you're Uncle Stubborn. So <laughs> keep that in mind too. Alpha. Oh, Daryl Watts the Stubborn. Instead of Daryl Watts the Second, if he act like Daryl Watts the Second, he wouldn't have to be Daryl Watts the Stubborn. I don't see the damn difference between me and your stubborn ass too. I don't see the difference. I see a big, tremendous difference. Your body been trying to talk to you for years, but your podcast wouldn't listen. So, Uncle Stubborn. You got your nerve. Wait a minute. I tried to do something about my ass. You ain't even taking an attempt. You're done. You're done. No, I'm just getting started. You suck. Nonetheless, I'm through talking about him. So yesterday on the uh, uh, Predictions podcast, we talked about the, well, didn't talk about it. I said I was going to talk about the reason why we didn't have a podcast last week, and we were supposed to have had a, uh, had a um, podcast last week as well. But that abruptly, abruptly got uh, uh, postponed. Or castle, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. Just a few hours before uh, we was to do the podcast, uh, I had gotten a very disturbing uh, phone call from my doctor and or the doctor's office, anyway, anyway, with the nurses and things. And they wouldn't tell me the result of my CT scan. For those of you that don't know and don't follow me on Facebook, um, I've suffered a uh, stress fracture. Uh, in my right ankle and I've really been pretty much been unable to move because of my calf muscle uh, so I have been you know pretty much just not doing anything these last oh what it's been the last month or so um, trying to you know heal and everything so when the doctor didn't tell me the result of my CT scan they referred me to the Simon Cancer Center um, here in the city uh, Indianapolis. Um, that's where um, 
in case you don't know, uh, former head coach Chuck Pagano went uh, where he was diagnosed with uh, leukemia. And that's where also our grandmother went as well when uh, she was diagnosed with uh, leukemia as well. Um, so when I heard that, there was just a million thoughts in my head and I'm asking questions and they're not giving me answers because of two reasons. One, privacy laws. And two, because uh, uh, they didn't have all the answers. So they're pretty much secondhand people, which kind of annoys me because I, when I ask a question, I want answers, you know, especially from a health aspect and especially from when I am being told that I'm being referred to the cancer center. So yeah, Darren, yes. Oh yeah, you don't want no answers quick. And yes, yes, you hear me? So that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So I spent that whole day trying to process, oh, maybe I do have cancer. How am I going to, you know, deal with this at 33 years old? You know, I'm too damn young to have cancer. You know, I'm doing everything I can to try to get back into shape, try to, uh, you know, you know, just work diligently, take care of myself and, 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 and do the best that I can. And to have cancer at the age of 33, real talk, fucking scared me. Okay. It scared me. Scared Death. me too, dear. It scared you. It scared, scared everybody. Yeah, it scared everybody I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only people that really cried was just amongst the three of us, me, you, and the co. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't know how to take it, you know, to be referred, and they weren't telling me anything. And I wish they would have told me, but they didn't. But nonetheless, uh, we didn't have a podcast that week because I had to process that whole thing. Um, so I went a whole pretty much not a whole week, but close to a whole week until uh, yesterday. Until yesterday, that was my appointment to go down and see um, the cancer specialist because he pretty much diagnoses non-cancers and cancerous uh, tumors types of ordeals. So yes, I do have a tumor. That is a fact. That's what he diagnosed me with. Apparently, it had nothing to do with my stress fracture. That was a total sidetracked ordeal that had to be looked at. Uh, So the result of it was, it's not cancerous. It's just a tumor that's going to stay with me forever. Uh, No surgeries needed. Uh, Everything's going to, you know, uh, along with my stress fracture, everything's going to heal on its own. I just have to continue to not do too much for the next six weeks. And I was relieved because I, I, again, who the hell want cancer? You know, we just learned of a diagnosis of cancer within our family, Parkinson's within our family, and it's just been nothing but, you know, news that we just do not want to hear. So to, to, to have me as good news really just set off a whole new brain ways of things for me along the way. So that was why we did have a podcast last week and it was very abrupt and that is very much our apologies, but we really had to process, you know, something so deep and so personal uh, without no information. So that, that is our apology and uh, we're, we're, we're through it now. We're pretty much done. I just now had to go through this fracture thing and hopefully I'll be back to normal, you know, really, really soon to be able to start moving and walking and things like that. But, that's the story. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I got to ask this because I, you know, because a lot of people would think differently about when I ask this. Yeah. So I got to ask you, 
when you got the diagnosis for the tumor and that the uh the doctor had said it was not cancers or anything that with that big relief that just let out of your system it's just like everything that got drained at that point yeah so my question to you is is that did that diagnosis changed everything you thought about in your life yes yes it did it changed a lot uh it it changed my work habits it changed it, it's little small things now yeah. it, it's not the 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 bigger things it's really the smaller things it's it's nonetheless Daryl, it says this to me that i have to be more diligent in what i do work habits um uh you know uh, personal things i have to be thankful and really get on my ass about everything I need to do and not bullshit anymore because cancer could have really took that away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really could take it away from me. So yeah, it, it little things change so much. So I'm like, now I'm like, okay, when I see that there's work that needs to be done, I'm doing the work. You know, I, it's, it's so much that I have learned over the course from the last 24 hours, because technically it's been over well over 24 hours now. Yeah. That I need to really, you know, step up my game, do more, and uh, really make sure that everything that I need to do on mine's and yours end needs to be done. My personal end needs to be done. Things like that. It, it has to be done. So it really, oh, yeah. it really upped the ante on a lot of things. Be thankful. You got a second chance. Run with it. And make sure that I actually lose this weight, not by the end of the year now, but at least by the end of March, because I'm not going to get it by the end of the year, because I still have to, or maybe June, because I have to pretty much be careful within the next, yeah, for the next six weeks, I have to kind of still wait it out a little bit. Yeah, it might have delayed you, but it didn't stop you. Exactly. My pet peeve, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. That our entry to 65 South in the morning. 65 South? 65 yeah. North. Oh, I'm sorry, 65 North, yes. It's 65 yes. The same way we'll go. Yeah, the same way we'll go. We go to the 70s. Yep. Yeah. It's 65. I don't know why I'm thinking 65 South. I'm still used to uh, Ren Lane. I don't know why. Right, because that's where you took the, you know, jump on. Whatever. That's what I dropped down on. But it was still north, but I still think of south for some reason. I don't know why. Because I thought you took south to go to work. Yeah, I did. But that on entry annoys the hell out of me. Because I hate it. Them fucking, excuse me, but them fucking idiots just don't understand the concept of either slow down or move the fuck over. It annoys me. They sit up here this morning. Somebody literally almost ran into the back of your car because somebody would not stop or move over. I hate that. Damn, it was frustrating. And I dealt with that in mama's car too. Frustrating. That's why I don't take that entryway onto the interstate like that. I stopped taking that way. I had to. Right. I started going the same way you go, 
Well, I take um, the route to Bedford. I think Bedford is almost damn near better because a lot of the traffic. I take Bedford home now. Well, here's the thing. If you take Bedford in the morning, the rush hour traffic is going towards downtown and you're going out of downtown. So it's easier to go to work on Bedford versus going on the interstate. But yeah. if you're coming home, to me, either or, it don't make a difference. I think it don't make a difference. better as well. Because the, traffic, because the traffic is also going home and away from downtown. So you have it easier to, you know, be home, you know, uh, on Bedford as well. That annoyed me. Period. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm tired of fucking with it. I'm tired of it. I know. I'm officially done with it. Mm-hmm. Until they actually get that part together and get it done. Right. I'm done with it. And plus, we have to be done with it anyway because 122, they're going to close it down. But I'm done with it. They're closing down north? I think they're supposed to be closing down north, yes. I didn't know they were closing down north. I didn't think they was going So they actually going to close down north and leave 70 east open? I believe so, yes. I wonder if they're going to leave um, 65. Oh, is it 65? No. My readers what... could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. Well, I wonder if the other part of 70 East is going to be open. I don't know. Curious. But they're doing so much construction. They're doing it at the wrong time. This is brutal. It's brutal. All this could have been done during COVID shutdown in the pandemic. Yeah, but, you know, and I agree. But then you have to remember that we had a stubborn-ass president at that time that wanted to hold everything hostage because he was throwing a big-ass tipper tantrum in case you forgot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no. Just as much as annoying as him, but that annoyed me. I know. You know how that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be right back with uh, our uh, platform talks after the coffee break and break, breaking mental health, and then we'll go into uh, the NFL with me. We'll be right back. I'm not here to spread any kind of hate. The purpose is to expose the hatred that we see around the world every day. Now, I don't hate anybody. And I love people for who they are. Now, being the introverted person that I am, I won't talk to people as much as I should. Which is, I guess, why I'm so surprised that I started this podcast to get out of my comfortability. I guess I have to admit to myself and know that I have to start reaching out to people and understand that we don't live in this life alone. We live and share life with others. When I am out on the street, which is rare... Uh, I like to see uh, interracial relationships. Uh, I like to see the LGBTQ community stand up for what they believe in. I see nothing wrong with that. However, what I don't like is racism and discrimination. And a lot of people think that racism and bigotry will never end. That may be the case. But I, I am going to use my platform, my journals... Instead of being quiet. 
Why complain about the way you are being treated, but don't do anything about it? Why think this is normal behavior and you're okay with it? I just needed to clear this up about not hating white people or anybody in general. This is really about dismantling racism and discrimination, uh, holding those accountable uh, that commits these type of, type of acts or making sure that people understand bigotry uh, and racism. Uh, people that don't <clears throat> see uh, white supremacy in a way because they're, they're is people that are a part. I don't think I know anybody that is a part of uh, white supremacy, but I do know a lot of people that denies that there is racism. They deny it. And when people deny such things like that, that kind of puts my heart on a, on, on a different level. Today, my anxiety acted up. I battle with the kind of anxiety that lives under the surface. It's constantly humming like a computer server. It's to the point that nothing specific triggers it, but it lingers waiting to jump out and lie to me. It used, it used to enter my mind and tell me that my greatest fears would be realized. Now I know better. Today, my nervous system just jolted a bit more than usual from the sound of an unexpected laugh or a baby's cry. It acted up, but it didn't win. I've trained my mind, with the help of therapy, to know that it has no real power. God is in control. Sometimes I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is in control. Will I wrestle with this for the remainder of my life? Maybe. But... God is in control. There is a kind of fear that Peter had which God challenged, but there is another kind which is crippling fear, the kind that made Elijah run, hide, and pray for God to end it all. God is present and loving in both situations, asking us to have faith or send in an angel to remind us and restore our faith. Fear is powerful, but it's no match. For faith. I just read a Facebook post and that came from Lecrae. Um, this is, in my personal opinion, I think this is a real anxiety ordeal that Lecrae is going through. Uh, Benjamin Watson had sent support to him also. But this is a, when you read that post, and as I read it to y'all, one thing that we all have to understand is, is that no matter the therapy that we can get, and rather we do or do not get therapy, it's still going to be there. But if I said it before, and like just McCray just said, you have to train your mind to be more positive. You have to train your mind to be more positive. All right, welcome back. Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. I'm Darren and Daryl's right across from me. 
Yeah. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are right here with us. So thank you so much for joining us this evening on uh, this Wednesday evening. Um, we're going to go into uh, the NFL a little bit here. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, NFL and what's trending and things like that. And the first thing I need to you know, talk about is the Cleveland Browns COVID situation. And I just want to say this. They better hope they don't have no games canceled because if they had their games canceled, because of their situation, they probably won't make the playoffs. This is why it's important to take care of yourself and be responsible. Be responsible. If you ain't going to get a COVID shot, wear your mask. Stay your distance. Mind your business. If you're going to have the shot, make sure you get the shot and your booster along with it. Of course, me and you can't have it yet because we ain't we didn't get our shots until uh, after June. So, well, our second shot anyway after after June. But nonetheless, get the shots. Be responsible. Wear your mask if you're not going to get your shots. Play it simple. Yeah. Doesn't help anything, especially when you're out on the field and you're unvaccinated. That doesn't help either. No, it don't. It don't because yet because it, it, what it is is that you have all this COVID. Uh, people that are, you know, not really vaccinated, but then you have people that are vaccinated and you have to pick up the slack from those that don't want to get vaccinated at all because they just believe in in garbage, so to speak, so to speak. I'm like, if anybody needs to spend time reading, spend time reading on COVID, spend time reading on the research, and you better believe I'm in the middle of that. Isn't it true? That Florida's COVID uh, rates went down. I don't think it has. I haven't heard too much from Florida, but if you want my guess, uh, it very well could have went down. Because here's what I think happened. And my personal theory, and I can't prove this beyond me, but I believe that Florida hid a lot of their uh, data. Yeah, uh, they in other words. Right. And I believe they tried to make it seem like that it, it, it went down, but I do not believe it went down. No, I don't think so either. I just think it got worse. They're just not reporting it. That's just me. And again, I can't be, I can't prove it. Um, DeAndre Hopkins uh, looked like he is going to be out versus the uh, Detroit, Lion, uh, Detroit Lions, and it might be uh, longer. Um, I'm not sure what injury he had. I, Thought I saw it, but I don't. He's a, he has a knee injury, and he's okay. supposed. And now they're saying that he's supposed to be out for the rest of the season. Okay, okay. they can get him back in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was reading before we started. I seen that he, I had seen first that he was just going to be out indefinitely Definitely. against the Lions, but then uh, I had also seen another report where it said that he was going to be out longer and would be back probably before or during the uh, postseason. So, um, I believe that Arizona can still do it. Without him. They can still do it without him, and I believe that they will do it without him. So I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt anything with him out. I agree. I think there'd be a it'd be a missing piece, but that's it. But um, other than that, uh Allegiant Stadium is the host of uh, Super Bowl in uh, 2024. Uh that came at the complications uh scheduling in New Orleans, which was supposed to happen in 2024, so it didn't happen. So now uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, Allegiant Stadium team will be hosting the Super Bowl in 2024. 
What's trending? Sam Darnold situation. He's ready to play in week. Uh, he's ready to play uh, this week, and he is cleared to practice and is off IR as well. Um, this is a very unique situation. Cam Newton, of course, uh, the starting quarterback, has not won a game since he joined the Carolina Panthers. And here's Sam Darnold coming off of uh, IR and pretty much clear the practice and everything like that. Uh, I, I am at a point where I believe that uh, Sam Darnold is going to presume his normal starting role over Cam Newton without a doubt because he still has not won a game uh, uh, since he's been back. Joe, what's your thoughts? As much as you put it, I definitely agree to that. Uh, Cam Newton, even though that Cam Newton has brought a spark to uh, the Carolinas' offense, it just hasn't been that same spark. It ain't the one, those type of numbers that um, Aaron Rodgers will put up mm-hmm. or any other good quarterback will put right. in a losing effort. Right. Uh, Cam Newton can run the football. He always has. Okay. Right. He's always been good at running the football. If there's anything that really helped Carolina at that point was Cam Newton run the football also. Reading, running. And on top of that, now with Sam Donald, he has won games with Carolina. So that really hurt Cam Newton in the process because Sam Donald has more won, won more games than Cam Newton. Exactly. This season. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. As much as it hurts ball saying it, that's what it is, Dan. You, you yep. said it. Sam Dodd's going to resume his duty. He's going to resume the road because he won more games. Yeah. And I mean, you. It, it, to me, it's not going to be that much different because Sam Donald lost a lot of games as well, too. So <laughs> right. it's a coin toss at this point. And by them being under, uh, right under and at 500, that don't help nothing either. Uh-huh. Don't help nothing at all either. Yeah. And on the uh, collegiate side, uh, Travis Hunter, he's also traded as well. The number one overall prospect in the class of 2022 flipped from Florida State to SEN, FCS Jackson State. Uh, here's what he said uh, in a uh, not exactly in a tweet, but pretty much in a um, statement that he made out to uh, everybody. Florida State has always been a beacon for me. I grew up down there. That's where my roots are, and I never doubted that I would play for the uh, Somalis. It's a dream that it is hard to let go of, but sometimes we are called to step into a bigger future than the ones we imagine for ourselves. For me, that future is at Jackson State University. Jerry Rice, Doug Williams, and, of course, the legend, uh, JSU owns Walter Payton. Historically, Black colleges and universities have a rich history in football. I agree. I want to be a part of that history. I don't blame you. And more, I want to be a part of that future. I'm with you 1,000%. I am making this decision so that I can light the way for others to follow. Make it a little easier for the next player to recognize that HBCUs may be everything you want and more. I'm with him. No doubt. An exciting college experience, a vital community, and a life-changing play, uh, place to play football. Uh, 
I look forward to work with the iconic Deion Sanders and especially with my fellow Tigers along with Coach Prime. They have all made me feel like I'm ready, already a part of the team. Like I'm, ho- like I'm home and I can't wait uh, to welcome the next class of top athletes into the family of HBCU. I'm with him, Daryl. Um, oh, yeah. I know that uh, HBCU colleges do not get the credit that they deserve because of just that, because they're, you know, black colleges. Exactly, because they're black colleges. And because of that, it's, you know, something that I wish that, you know, black colleges do get a lot of their attention for, you know, it's, it's like you get kicked and you get knocked down, but you don't get the recognition that you get. What you get is, is that the, the HBCUs are not good enough. You have all these other colleges that, you know, are, are wild on parties and drinking and, and, and just ridiculous uh, amounts of behavior and they get all the recognition and you don't even get a look, a second glance at a black yeah. college. Yeah. And they do need more deserving attention, which is why a lot of those, you know, you know, uh, sponsors like to pay attention to the black colleges now. And a lot of black people are starting to get slowly get recognition they should receive. What's your thoughts? And that's one of the reasons why I personally think that Deion Sanders actually did take that job. Not only because it was a historically black college, but by him being a black athlete, right, and him being right up there, right, you know, people are going to start paying attention, right. You got him, Jerry Rice, right. Think uh, Warren Sapp, mm-hmm. um, and all of them, all of them black athletes and black coaches now with Deion Sanders, and by all of them being there, they're being recognized as black athletes and especially looking towards the other black colleges mm-hmm. as well. Right. And that's why I think Deion Sanders did it. I think he paved that way now. Right. He actually paved that way to see, hey, I'm a black person. You know, black colleges deserve some recognition. Didn't do too well at the beginning. Right. But he did turn it around and here they are where they stand. And Deion Sanders played in two sports. So yeah. that yeah. that in itself mm-hmm. is iconic along in itself. He Absolutely. played in two sports and played in two different positions within the NFL. Actually, three. Actually, three. Yeah. Played in three different positions. No, yeah, three different positions. So, you know, it's... Yeah. It says a lot. It says a lot. It's big. It's big. It's, it's, it's very big. that has to be looked at. That's very important, uh-huh. regardless of how people want to look at it. Right, if you are a fan of HBCU or not. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. All right, and our last segment of the NFL before we turn it over to the NBA is the QB analytics performers. My performers, top performers in week 13. I thought they said 14. In week 13, starting off with number five. Joe Burrow, 125.6 passer rating, 73.5% of his passes completed, 348 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number four, Thomas Brady, 
105.6 passer rating, 67% of his passes completed. Then 63 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number three, Justin Herbert, 133.1 passer rating, 74.2% of his passes completed. 275 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And this spot would have been Ben Roethlisberger, but he made a mistake by throwing a pick. So he got replaced by Matthew Stafford. A 139.2 passer rating, 76.7% of his passes completed. 287 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And number one, once again, is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. 141.3 passer rating, 78.4% of his passes completed. 348 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. QB analyst performance for week 14. I'm sorry, week 13 in the NFL. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right Back with the NBA leader. Right back. All right. We're back again. Double take sports talk with the Watch Brothers. I'm Daryl. There's right across from me. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can listen to any other sports podcast in the world. You took the time to listen to us. So thank you once again for taking the time to listen to us. Very well appreciate that. Always. Always. All right. My top headline. Now, you have to excuse me. Um, I didn't say it at the top of the uh, top of the podcast, but I'm going to say it now. And you have to excuse me. I, I am suffering with a little strep throat. Uh, throat's very sore and I do kind of sound effed up and up and down ways, but I'm okay. Been sucking on some cough drops. If y'all ain't heard me crunching, chewing the can out. Um, so I'm trying to save myself a lot of time here. So I'm going to be pretty brief here with my segment, and I apologize for that. But sometimes in order for me to be better, I have to make myself better too. Right. But let's go ahead and do this. Um, I have two quick headlines for uh, the NBA. Of course, last night, Tuesday night, uh, history has been made by Stephen Curry. Well, what else, Stephen Curry? He became the all-time three-point leader as he surpassed Ray Allen. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this because you have three legends. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, and now you got Stephen Curry. The bigger question is when you see this, and everybody's pretty much have already asked this, do you think this record will ever be broken down? Hell no! Look at it this way. Let's look Uh at it this way. Let's let's be real here. It took Ray Allen 1,300 games to get to where he's at. Stephen Curry is only in this 12th season. And the way that he invested himself, he's well. He may not be the healthiest, but he is healthy. And the way that he looks and the way that he plays, my man felt like he got another eight to 10 years left. Hell, we're not even halfway through this season. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We still at the beginning. Just we just at the beginning. What? 
28, 29, 30 games in. Yeah, we just we just now getting started, Pimp. This just beginning. It's gonna be a long season for anybody to play Golden State. This is gonna be a long season because Golden State are doing big things without Clay Thompson and James Wise. Without them two, you would think they need a big boost. Right now, if I was Steve Kerr, I'd be like, bruh, they could take their time. Rehab them into the G League like you've been doing and let Steph take care of business. You know, mm-hmm. now I will say this. I have to throw, I always have to throw a disclaimer in there. All right. I have to throw this. Not let me not say a disclaimer. It's a fact and it's a stat. I'm just gonna say it. Despite the fact that night before he uh shot five for 15 from downtown. Now it's against the game bridge, yeah, game bridge fast against the paces. Mm-hmm. Now he opposed that broke the record then. Exactly. Exactly. He was supposed to have broken that record then. But on the outside looking in, I'm glad he didn't. It wasn't meant for him to break the record here. I'm glad he didn't. I'm sorry. I'm glad he didn't. I mean, because it's already bad enough that there are there are individual players that destroys the Pacers. Mm-hmm. They just do. Yes, they do. Clay Toss is 60 points in three quarters. And I know what happened. Stephen Curry scored and beat that, uh, had that record the other night. You know, that's just, that's just one problem within itself. And I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that that game was stacked packed just like it was last night at uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw it. And they also presented him with that jersey mm-hmm. with his record on there. I think it was 2,974. Mm-hmm. So, but low key, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Ray Allen ain't too thrilled. He ain't. Th- you see the look on his face, he his expressions, his expressions. It's it. It's it. He's it's not thrilled. Sure. He is not. And look, I'm. I'm gonna be honest. If I'm in Ray Allen's shoes, I understand. Why, he, so. why he's not happy. You know, because Ray Allen worked hard to break Reggie Miller's record. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So to, you know, reach that next level, that just showed that Ray Allen did not work as hard as uh, Ray Allen did not work as hard as Stephen Curry did mm-hmm. to be able to get where he's at right now. So yeah, I, I, I can understand why Ray Allen's mad because Stephen Curry put a lot more time and effort into his shot. Now everybody, like Reggie said, everybody's built differently and on that in particular note, Reggie did things differently. Ray Allen did things differently. And Stephen Curry did things differently. But Stephen Curry is on top. So that says a lot about his ability to invest in himself. Uh, there, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. I would personally believe. Everybody going to think I'm crazy. But for a person to take anywhere from 500 to 1,000 shots back in the day and for you to be ranked 76 or 77, 78 in three-point shooting, Larry Bird could have had that record too. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But here was the thing. This is, this is, this is where it goes differently. Again, this is players built differently. 
Bird didn't have to take those shots all the time. You know, right. his position and the way he played in that position, he mm-hmm. played it just the way he should have. Took those threes when he was open. Took those mid-range when he was open. Passed the ball when he had the opportunity. You know, he, he wasn't strictly just a straight shooter. He is. He is. But in his position, he's not. And so that's the thing. Larry Bird played more mentality. Right. You right. know, than he did, like, with uh, Reggie Miller, Stephen Curry, and uh, Ray Allen. Larry Bird played more mentally mm-hmm. than any other player that he played. But that was just my whole point. For a man to just take those type of shots, Bird he could have had that record. Bird should have been. He could have had it. Bird should have been up there with them. No yeah. doubt about it. He should have been right up there in the top 10. No, he really should be uh, up there in the top five. Real top. Oh, well, yeah. No, he should. No, you're right. And I agree with that. But I say top 10 because he's still a player with mentality. That's he true. still that player with the mentality. He played more. That's why That's why when those debates always come around with Larry Bird playing against somebody, that's why a lot of people choose Larry Bird because he uses mentality over aggression. He wasn't quick. He wasn't quick. So he had he, to use his mentality. He had to use his mentality. That's why he still played good defense. That's why he was um, – that's why he always, you know, like you said, took those shots where he needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he took those shots, you could bet your about dollar. Larry Bird was automatically on the top of the top five list. Yes, of three point shooters. Yes, and we can never we we should never forget him. And you're absolutely right. No, that's, that's that a good should point. that should that's not go point. unnoticed. That's a very at good all. Point. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something to be remembered by as well. And, and I'm not trying to knock Stephen Curry and his big night and, and all of that, but at the same time, he well deserved. Everything that Stephen Curry did, I'm not trying to knock it because he deserved every piece of it. Absolutely. But you got to look at Larry Bird, too. The way – in a similar style, but itself, Stephen Curry is more advanced. More money was involved. Larry Bird, all he did, which is Jim, took up shots. Went to the foul line, shooting free throws. You know, should be right up there with him. I'll tell you who else uh, – really helped with uh, Stephen Curry as well. His former head coach and his current head coach. Especially his current head coach. Steve Kerr? No doubt. I think Mark Jackson plays a big role. If I say his former head coach and his current head coach. His former head coach because Mark Jackson always believed in him and Clay Thompson to be able to do what they do. He started the ordeal, so that's why I give him more credit than I do Kerr. But I give Steve Kerr majority of it because Steve Kerr is a shooter just like Stephen Curry. Jackson wasn't a shooter. Steve Kerr is. So Steve Kerr understanding the investment in his shooting, he knew that he wanted to be a better shooter than anything. So I believe that Kerr really did help Stephen Curry and I'm not knocking Mark Jackson, but Steve Kerr really gave him the investment to be able to invest in himself and give him better training tools amongst, you know, shooters like Steve Kerr to be able to get where he's at right now. Not market, not, not, not knocking Mark Jackson at all. No, I get that. But that's why I have believed that Steve Kerr finished that. I truly believe he finished that. But that credit goes to Mark Jackson. Because Mark Jackson is a natural-born point guard. Mark Jackson was a shooter, just like you said. 
But he knew when he saw a shooter, he took that opportunity. And he told he told Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, shoot the ball. Mark Jackson was a passer. You see, he's in the top five in assists. He could have taught, he could have put Stephen Curry into a situation. Hey, shoot, let's pass more. But he gave Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson more the opportunity to shoot the basketball. That's why I give Mark Jackson more of that credit. Because if it wasn't for Mark Jackson, Stephen Curry would be passing the ball more versus shooting. Steve Kerr just finished it off. That's that's how I see it from that aspect from a shooting guard, no, from starting for a point guard to a shooting guard head coach. I, I see your point, but I just don't go that route. But I do see your point. No, you ain't got to go that route because everything pretty much connects and it makes sense. It just makes sense. Because I think, if anything, the credit could go to both of them without even uh, without you know, giving a second thought. Without even giving a second thought, it should just go just to both of them. Now, I will give Steve Kerr props for for giving Stephen Curry the motivation he needed. That 5 for 15 slot, boy, any coach would have been like, man, you trash. Stop this shit right now. Keep that shit off our streets. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Steve Kerr, he found a creative way to get his death's head. Look, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're doing, you're doing good. He read out the stats of everything that this man has done shooting-wise, and he has pepped him up. That's yeah. what Steve, if, Steve, if anybody gets that kind of type of credit, it's Steve Kerr. That I give. Because he, he, he understands from a shooting aspect. He's the only player that won four championship rings in a row. <laughs> the boy shot his way into those championships, at least two of them. At least two of them, yeah. At least two of them. And that that main go-ahead shot in 97 in the NBA Finals. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. The other one was for San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But it, you still got to give out. Nonetheless. It's, that's it's a, a big, big night. night. Yeah, I got to give it that. That's a big night, believe it yeah. or not. Yeah. That was a huge night for Stephen Curry. No doubt. Well earned. Well earned. Congratulations to Wardell Curry. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to be brief here with this one. We went overboard with Stephen Curry, but that's good. It's good for the soul, especially yeah. when you're, especially when you've gotten over your main issue at hand. So, health scare, no doubt. Yeah. When you get a health scare like that. Yeah. Things just start spilling your soul out. You're feeling better. All that tension release is just out. Girl, let's just say this. Like we always have said, what did you say when you walked in the house for training, uh, pasted toothbrush? Shit's getting real. Getting real. It's getting shit, real. Shit got real when that happened, girl. When, yeah, when, when that health scare happened, shit got real. It got real. It got real. Just like how I got handed that training toothbrush and toothpaste. I said, ah, oh, shit, shit's getting real. It's so getting real. Know. It's, it's getting, getting real. real. That health scare, it, it got real. It got real. It got real. And it changed so much. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It got real quickly. So, the whole Luka Dantich and Rick Carlisle relationship. So, that relationship, Tom, before it even began, 
But the problem was it had absolutely nothing to do with Luka Dottage. Now, I tried reading the article, but the article was too damn long. Now, normally as a as, as me and you as podcasters, you would normally take a moment to sit down and just be like, huh, I, I need to read this whole damn thing and, and mm-hmm. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But that thing was so long, I had to cut the time. I was like, hold up. That was probably about a good 10, 15 minute read. I ain't got 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> you really don't. I wish you would have gave it to me. I would have read it. Yeah, I would have I let you have read it. But I did get, you know, some of the specific details, yep. important details to why that the relationship tumbled and it had absolutely nothing to do with Luka Dantich. So here's the thing. I was kind of hoping that it didn't bring into the situation when Carlisle came coach of uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Evidently, when Rick Carlisle, during his waning times in Dallas, he had absolutely made some very controversial decisions. And he started treating some of the players, you know, differently, treating them bad, treating them differently. And it wasn't Luka Doncic. That's why. Rick Carlisle, Luka Dodgers got along just fine. It's just that Luka Dodgers didn't like the way Rick Carlisle treated people. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. It's like that on my job. I don't like how the managers treat other people. Sometimes you have to step in and step out. And you you got to say something. It, it's like this. Sometimes you have to be the alpha. Yeah, sometimes you have to be the alpha. And in this case, Luka Dodgers was more the dude that kind of was like the, the, the alpha dog. Hey, I need to set you in place. You know, so, yeah, just because you run around here and you got yourself a uh, a championship before my time, that don't mean that you know that you could just come in here and think you could just treat anybody any type of way. This is why I was struggling. This is why I was struggling. And one of those one of those um issues had led to the draft. I can't remember what year it was. But that was the year that Carlisle wanted Donovan Mitchell over either Dorian Finney-Smith or Dennis Smith Jr. I couldn't which one it was. I think it was Dorian Finney-Smith. He wanted Donovan Mitchell. I see why. Mm -hmm. But the way that Carlisle actually approached that situation, look, I didn't like Rightfully so. He felt like that Dorian Finney-Smith was not the right player in Dallas. And I think he's still playing for Dallas right now as we speak. So evidently, he's still doing something right. Carlisle, hey. Then he started trouble. Excuse me. Saying that Dennis Smith Jr. was actually jealous of Luka Doncic. Whereas Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. had a real good friendship. Mm-hmm. So why would you go and say that Dennis Smith Jr. was jealous of Luka Doncic when they have a good friendship? Right. Some of the things you just say, it just don't make sense. Right. 
you know, some of the things that you say just don't make sense. Then he got to got to cussing out one of their uh one of the centers. It's a, it's a uh, I think it's an African name. Uh, I feel ready to attempt to 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 actually say it because I'm not going to get it. So right. he um he cussed him out straight out the book, but then ended up apologizing to him. Saying that he was emotional and, and all this and this and this and that, it kind of remind me of this Urban Meyer ordeal on how he's treating the Jacksonville Jaguars players. You hear me? You hear me? I'm at a point where it's it's not it. Look. It, if you want a championship, you cannot go and just treat people the way you think they should be treated all because you won that championship. When you have a championship, you would think that you would open your mind more to being more of a leader and being able to uh, work with players to be able to adjust and adapt to be able to help win a championship. Right. At least have it in the first place. At least have the opening listening ear. If anything, have a listening ear. That's, it's not too much to really ask for. Mm. Now, in this society, maybe, because a lot of people don't want to be open to anything. A lot of people don't want to listen to anything. Mm-hmm. Better than that, still here. And it's not going away right now. But that whole situation with Luka Dodgers and Rick Carlisle, I felt that it could have been handled better but at the end of the day I'm going to look at this podcast as a documentation somebody is going to come out and say that this article is horse shit it's garbage I can already see that coming mm-hmm. I can already see it coming I can already see that coming but that's I take on look at that. You want to add anything else to that? Uh-uh. All right, my last one point guard position today is going to be. <laughs> I decided to do something different, go a little low, a little bit. Let's the uh, Lonzo Ball. And I did Lonzo Ball because there are a certain stats on there that I want people to pay attention to when it comes to um, Lonzo Ball. So we're about 27 games in to the regular season. And he has averaged 12.8 points per game. He's shooting 41.3% and uh, field goal shooting. He is averaging 4.9 assists. He is right up there at five assists per game, 4.9. Now, the main thing of this whole Lonzo Ball ordeal is try to eliminate Laval Ball. <sighs> yeah, try to. It has nothing. I really don't have a lot to say about Laval Ball, but he just let me just say this. He just ticked me off when he goes around. He's wearing these baseball caps saying, "I told you so." Now I like Dale Curry's response. After Steph Curry went 
and broke his uh and broke Ray Allen's record and he became an all-time leader in three-point field goal made. He said, I will go and where it has said, I had no idea. Good point. Good point. Excellent Good point. point. Yeah, no egotistic maniac running out there right now. You know, and the people like, kill, hold on, because people kill me always talking about. Oh, he's a good dad because he's doing it. We don't have enough dads like that. No, 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 no. We do not need dads like that. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. We do not need any more dads like LeVar Ball. If I see one more, I'm just going to toss my cookies. I'm tired of hearing about him. Look, let your sons play ball. Won't you just sit back and shut up? Don't you got a business to run? Oh, wait, that's right. I told you so. Shut your face. Well, I think that's my uh, point guard position today. It just ticks me off. You don't go around telling everybody I told you so. But your ass ain't ain't even in business. And if you are in business, you ain't doing good. Yeah, sometimes you have to kind of check yourself and check your surroundings. Bro, you hear me? Yeah, you have to kind of check yourself. Remind yourself of who you are, where you are, and why you are where you're at now. So think about that. So eliminating LeVar Ball and letting other people handle your business. Okay. Now, here's a stat you need to pay attention to that I want everybody to pay attention to. LeVar Ball, Lazo Ball, when he was with the Lakers, didn't get out of that season averaging no more than, I think, 13 points a game, say the least. Going into New Orleans, he bumped it up to maybe 12 or 13 points per game. Okay. Now, you got your agent to say, hey, this man is a hooper. And he deserves a four-year, $80 million contract. The Pelicans looked at his agent and just laughed at him. Okay? Laughed at him. And you'll say for a man averaging 10, 12 points a game, anybody will laugh too. But he goes to Chicago, gets four years, $80 million contract. 27 games in. You're already over your averages from when you started out with the Lakers and the Pelicans. You're at 12.8 points per game. You're almost at 13 points a game. You're already shooting better. You're at 41.3%. And you're right up there at the top notch of five cents per game. Think about that. I want people to sit down and think about that. When you get rid of your loud ass daddy <laughs> and bring in some humble ass people. Yes. 
Yes, shit Lord. can work out for you. Yes. You hear me? Uh, you yes. hear me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you said it. Oh, that's perfect. Sometimes you the got to know who are, you deal with. You got to know who you're dealing with. You know your numbers are solid. You know your numbers are solid. Get rid of your daddy, yes. which he did. Perfecto. Yes. Shit started looking right up for his yep, ass. Everything just started looking right on up. And it's just like, hmm, I wonder what happened. I got rid of the loud people in my life. Exactly. Got rid of the garbage. The loud people. The man that couldn't win a championship when he was hooping. Right. Okay. Right. You don't put yourself in a situation just because you're an NBA player and you felt like that your father could put you through some things. Now, I said this before, and I've told you this before. Low key. I want to leave the bill open. Okay, I want her to be playing in WNBA, but I would totally understand if she didn't. I am not for ready to be no damn LeVar Ball being loud and over-exuberant and dramatic and and all types of shit. I, I, I'm not going to be that one. Yeah, because that's, that's the bottom line. If you're going to support her, you do that in a humbled way. Not in a loud, obnoxious, enormous, ridiculous way. Whatever you do, do not pick up a hint of what he's doing. The only thing you can do that is related to LeVar Ball is cut your hair and make it bald. That is <laughs> it. That's it. Nothing else more and nothing else less. <laughs> yep. I agree. You got to keep yourself humble. You know when you make your right decisions. He took LeBron James' advice. He said, that, hey, man, the hell with your daddy, man. Cut him loose. Cut him. Yes. And he That's cut a, him yes. clean loose. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Like, he got to start doing things for himself, especially when he got money stolen from him, too. Oh, hell yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. You see, we had to do that. Gone. 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 Can't, can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Not like that. That's all I got there. All right. So we'll be right back with What's Next on our podcast for next week. We'll be right back. All right, what's next for uh, our podcast next week? As long as I'll have another health scare or anything like that. Uh, what's next next week? Uh, week 15 scores, the latest NFL headlines and what's trending. We'll have our point guard position, analyst, quarterback, performers, and the latest uh, NBA news. All right, so to the stay tuned for that. And, of course, this wraps up our podcast. Of course, uh, well, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at DTSD2414, at the Watch Brothers of Facebook, at DTSD2414, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And well, YouTube, search the box, Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. Uh, search the box, Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. Like our videos and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe to our channel. Anything you want to do, anything you can do, it's at least subscribe. 
But thank you for downloading to the Listen to our podcast. I am Daryl. Yes, I'm across from me. Yep. All right. Catch you on another episode of Double Take Sports Talk. Until then. Ciao. Ciao.